just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Thursday. I'm still in Georgia as we speak, but headed back to Minnesota today. So we'll be back on a... Well, the schedule's the same, but I'll be back in a more comfortable situation for recording the podcast. Now, I still have a cold, but it's not as bad as it was. It's actually far better. I'm not coughing as much. I'm not quite as stuffy. My voice is a little closer to normal, so we'll get through this. It won't be a big problem. We have an email that we're going to get to, but I wanted to mention something. You ever had one of those days, a really bad day, maybe even thinking it's your worst day ever in your life? Well, think about that day, and it's not even close to what Donald Trump's day was yesterday. He was fucking devastated, and we're going to talk a lot about that in this podcast. A few things happened to him, and uh, as Donald Trump once said, he's going to be going through some things, some serious things. For all those folks out there that said, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to Donald Trump. Well, some shit is happening to Donald Trump, and it's not going well. So you may have to eat those words at some point here soon. All right, I have an email from a gentleman by the name of Epi. He's written before. He says, hello, Mike. Hope you and your family are doing well. I'm a little behind on some of your podcast. I'm up to 523 where you're interacting with a Trumplefuck. These people are just plain stupid and ignorant. I do not have the patience to sit down and have a reasonable conversation with them because no matter how simple, how simply to tell them the facts, they just don't want to see them. I'm seriously considering coming to your podcast. We'll be in touch, Epi. Well, I would encourage you to uh, come on the podcast. I'm always interested interested to talking to the listeners, of course. We've had some great shows with the listeners. As far as sitting down with a uh, Trumplefuck and expecting a reasonable conversation, well, <laughs> you're, you're in for a disappointment. That's just not possible. When uh, Brian Wallenberg came on the show, I wasn't expecting a reasonable conversation. I just thought I see how he'd react if he had any legitimate answers to questions that I had, and clearly he didn't. But Epi, you're at 4 or 5.23? Jesus, we're, we're up around like 5.34 now. Pick it up, man. You're 10 behind. And 10 behind on this show is out of touch because, honestly, anything that's over a week old on this podcast is uh, out of date, We talk about the current things, and uh, a week ago was a lot different than we are today. So we're talking about Donald Trump and his very bad day, Um, and it was a bad day, no question about it. Uh, We've been waiting to hear from the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, and she stepped up yesterday. She said she filed a lawsuit Wednesday accusing former President Donald Trump, three of his grown children, Ivanka, 
Eric and Don Jr., and executives at his company of flagrantly manipulating property and other asset valuations to deceive lenders, insurance brokers, and tax authorities into giving them better bank loan and insurance policy rates and to reduce their tax liability. Now, we've talked about this before. Basically, what he would do, he would... uh, undervalue his properties so he wouldn't have to pay as much in the way of taxes, but he would overvalue those very same properties in order to get better loans and uh, insurance claims and those sorts of things. Now, as much as some people might want to say, well, that's kind of iffy. No, that's highly fucking illegal. That is fraud. That is bank fraud, insurance fraud, and tax fraud. And everybody kind of takes that seriously. So he's got some trouble here. The 222-page civil complaint asked the New York Supreme Court to bar Trump, as well as Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump from serving as executives at any company in New York and to bar the Trump organization from acquiring any commercial real estate or receiving loans from any New York registered financial institutions for five years. It seeks to recover more than $250 million in what James' office says are ill-gotten gains received through the alleged deceptive practices. While the lawsuit itself is not a criminal prosecution, James says she has referred possible violations to federal law, to the Justice Department, and the IRS. So her, um, her lawsuit is about civil, and it's pretty, pretty, pretty damning if he loses this, and he most certainly will. I heard people saying, well, $250 million won't bankrupt a billionaire. First of all, he's not a fucking billionaire. $250 million is a lot of money, and while it may not bankrupt him completely, this is also a lawsuit that's acting, asking that he cannot do business in New York at all. That's not to say he couldn't do business elsewhere or come up with some other business elsewhere. He could. But again, the key to that uh, that paragraph, that last paragraph, is that she is referring him for criminal charges, referring him, the kids, the executives, and the company itself, referring them criminally to the Southern District of New York and the IRS. Remember when you kept hearing about they're going to have more IRS agents and everybody was talking about, uh, the Republicans were talking about, where well, they're going to come get you. They're not going to get come get anybody making less than $400,000. And besides, if you're worried about it, just don't fucking cheat on your taxes for Christ's sake. You know better than that. But the extra help at the IRS and the extra money is to go after people like Donald Trump. These people have been allowed to get away with shit for decades. And it's cost this country hundreds, if not billions of dollars, because people keep getting away with it. Now, Donald Trump may be the worst of these people, but he's not the only one. All these rich, entitled fucks think they can get away with anything they want. So we need to crack down on these people. 
Again, we all pay our taxes. We pay our fair share. The very least we can expect is rich people and corporations pay their fair share. And that's what the IRS is going to try to do. But what Donald Trump did in these circumstances are highly illegal, criminal, and the IRS is going to come after him. If you didn't think $250 million fine was bad enough, well, the criminal referrals will just be the cherry on the top. Essentially, Letitia James, what she wanted to do is basically dissolve the Trump organization. And if she wins this case, and she most certainly will, that's pretty much what will happen. Donald Trump, Ivanka, Don Jr., Eric, and the Trump organization will not be able to do business in New York. Now, yes, they could maybe go to another state like Florida, but how is Florida going to react to somebody with that kind of track record? And even if they do try to go someplace else, they have to worry about the criminal referrals. They may not be able to be in business because they may be fucking in jail. All right, Trump and his family have repeatedly denied wrongdoing and called James' inquiry a witch hunt. Oh, we've heard that before, pointing to the statement James made on a campaign trail in which he promised to investigate him. Today's filing is neither focused on the facts nor the law. Rather, it's solely focused on advancing the attorney general's political agenda. Trump attorney Alina Haba said in a statement on Wednesday, we are confident that our judicial system will not stand for this unchecked abuse of authority. And we look forward to defending our client against each and every one of the attorney general's meritless claims. Well, I bet they do. These lawyers for Donald Trump are not the best and the brightest. They keep getting themselves in trouble, and they're going to take on a case that they can absolutely not win. If you read the lawsuit filed against Donald Trump, the three of his children, and the Trump Organization, the lawsuit filed in New York Supreme Court is the result of more than a two-year investigation by Letitia James. It names 23 assets that are mostly properties and ground leases in the Trump Organization portfolio, including his Mar-a-Lago Club in Florida, his Seven Springs Estate in Westchester County, New York, and a D.C. Hotel in the old post office building on Pennsylvania Avenue, which uh, he leased from the federal government until he sold it in May. He didn't sell the building. He sold the lease. The inflated asset valuations in the financial statements cannot be brushed aside or excused as merely the result of exaggeration or good faith estimation about which reasonable real estate professionals may differ, the lawsuit says. The civil complaint cites drastic manipulation of Trump's personal asset portfolio alleged at his direction and with the assistance of Trump organization executives. In representations made to financial institutions and insurance carriers, it alleged that the true value of the assets were concealed through carefully doctoring of reports and by charging the methodologies used for various calculations. Basically, what we're talking about, if we're talking about your average small business, who really couldn't get away with this anyways, but it's a matter of cooking the books, maybe having 
uh, separate sets of books so they could keep track, but also lie to the IRS and to insurance companies and banks. The civil complaint cites manipulation of Trump's personal asset portfolio. So that's very telling. And it goes to what we've talked about before. How much is Donald Trump actually worth? Well, it's likely he's not worth anywhere near what he suggests, certainly not a billionaire. And that information will come out. As we've noted before, um, Letitia James got a hold of his financial records from his accounting firm. And this may be what uh, precipitated the idea of filing this lawsuit now. I want you to think about something, too. Everybody who watched Donald Trump will say, nothing ever happens to Donald Trump. He's going to slip through it. It's taking too long. Did you know what I said about this particular instant investigation? It's been going on two years. And that's what it takes to do these investigations, if you want to do it properly. And let's be honest, Letitia James is a very smart woman. She's a very tough woman, and she knew there was a problem here. She called them the Trump crime family, and she's going to take them down. She doesn't want these people committing these crimes in her jurisdiction. Now, for example, Mar-a-Lago, a historic site, was valued at $739 million on the basis that there was a potential for residential development on the property. Now, in reality, Trump gave his rights to construct homes there in exchange for a sizable tax benefit known as a conservation easement. The true value of Mar-a-Lago is roughly $75 million, the lawsuit says. So when you inflate a property by 10 times, that's a problem. That's a big fucking problem. If I go to a bank and say I want a loan, and they say, what do you have for collateral? And I say, I have a $739 million uh, Mar-a-Lago that I can put up. Oh, okay, that's a fair deal. We'll give you $500 million. You see where the problem is there? But then when it comes to taxes, he changes the value to probably less than $75 million. Trump's New York triplex apartment at Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue was reported as 30,000 square feet And really, it was a third of that size. In 2015, he alleged the value of the apartment at $327 million, up from $80 million four years prior. Now, based on the wildly inflated square footage, evaluation, James said, was absurd, given that at the time, only one apartment in New York City has ever sold for even $100 million. Donald likes to exaggerate. But he doesn't do it just because he's an egomaniac. He does it because he wants to grift money. Now, the complaint adds to a deepening list of legal challenges that Trump faces more than 18 months after he left the White House. And at the time when he remains actively involved in Republican politics and has broadly suggested he'll run for president, Again in 2024, the Justice Department is investigating the possible mishandling of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and the potential role of Trump and his close advisors in attempts to overturn the results in the 2020 election. State authorities in Georgia and the House Select Committee on January 6 also have launched wide-ranging probes. So he's got three or four investigations, all of which might create indictments for Donald Trump. 
you can see the fear. You can see the uh, the unhinged behavior of Donald Trump. He's going on TV, he's saying crazy shit. You know, the thing about it is when, when they talked about this particular thing, oh, it's just a witch hunt. Well, we've heard that term before, witch hunt. The Russia probe, the Mueller report. Everything's a witch hunt. But that just means, based on our experience, that is fucking true. The status of uh, key investigations involving Donald Trump, in addition to naming Trump and three of his children personally, the suit names the Trump Organization and Alan Weisselberg, its longtime chief financial officer, who recently pleaded guilty to tax crimes, and controller Jeff McConney. Now, we know that there is a criminal trial coming up in the Manhattan District against the Trump Organization. They are going to trial, criminal trial, for these same kinds of crimes. Now, Alan Weisselberg is going to testify against the company. He says he's not testifying against Donald Trump, but he has no fucking choice because Donald Trump is the company. If the New York Supreme Court were to bar the Trump Organization from acquiring any real estate or taking on any loans, as the Attorney General has requested, it's unclear how the company could continue to operate even without the Trumps at the helm. It can't. And as I've said, ultimately, they're going to dissolve the company. Trump's former charitable organization, the Trump Foundation, dissolved in 2018 after a lawsuit by then New York Attorney General Barbara D. Underwood that alleged the organization had engaged in self-dealing and campaign finance violations. Findings from that case were also sent to the IRS. The Attorney General's office similarly obtained a $25 million settlement in 2016 with Trump University, which it accused of defrauding enrollees by peddling useless degrees from a non-accredited institution. See, that's what Donald Trump wanted to do here. He wanted to delay this as much as possible, draw it out, and uh, um, and then try to settle it out of court so none of this evidence would come to light. Well, unfortunately, that that isn't how it worked out for Donald Trump at this point. And uh, they said, fuck you, we're not going to settle. Now, James's lawsuit accuses Trump, his family, and the Trump Organization executives employing a wide array of fraudulent maneuvers in their dealings with lenders and regulators despite knowing that they were illegal. Defense uh, attorneys have said in court that commercial real estate firms routinely argue for lower tax appraisals and that the company's conduct was no different. But James said Wednesday that the misstated valuations cannot be brushed aside as a good faith mistake. Well, that's a good question. Are other companies doing this? If they are, shouldn't they be shut down as well? You know, maybe this whole concept of undervaluing and overvaluing property will open up some other cases of other organizations who do something similar. I mean, that's the important thing. Donald Trump is not the only company or the other only wealthy, alleged wealthy person doing this sort of thing. 
It's just that Donald Trump does it so egregiously, and Donald Trump is stupid. Not all these business people are stupid. Trump and his family should be held to the same standards as everyday Americans, James said at a news conference in Manhattan, noting that it is illegal for people to lie to banks in order to secure college loans for their children or get a home mortgage. Claiming you have money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal. It's the art of the steal, James said, mocking the title of the former president's 1987 book. There cannot be different rules for different people in the country, James said. Now, the complaint argues Trump fraudulently made about $100 million on the sale of his D.C. hotel lease because he allegedly obtained the lease by knowingly providing false information about his business. It also alleges Trump knew his Trump Park Avenue complex in Manhattan was not worth anywhere near what he claimed because some of the units were rent-stabilized. So, that was the start of Donald Trump's bad day. We knew something was going on with Letitia James, and we knew it was going to be a, um, we knew that it was going to be a lawsuit and it was going to be a civil suit. It was going to be about money. But we also know now that it is about banning the operation of the Trump organization and the people involved, the Trumps, his executives and the company itself, doing any business in New York for up to five years. So that will pretty much shut down the Trump organization. They will not be able to continue. Because, you know, people will say to me, well, what if he wins the case? There's no way he wins this case because the facts are there. An attorney general doesn't bring a case like this unless she knows that she's going to win it. There is too much evidence, absolutely too much evidence to this. This is how he did his business. I heard some people, one prosecutor, I don't recall the name, saying it was like they formed this company, the Trump Organization, specifically for fraud purposes. And the real estate dealings were kind of a side hustle on the side. It was more about fraud and more about stealing money than it was about doing business. You'll remember uh, you know, Donald Trump always made this claim, well, I'm building this building. Nobody builds better buildings than me. Nobody knows more about building buildings than I do. Well, the fact of the matter is for the last 10 or 15 years, he hasn't built any buildings. I mean, he kept failing when he was building buildings. What he was basically doing is the Russians were coming in, handling the building of these properties and then sticking his name on it for um, promotional purposes, back when Donald Trump's name was maybe a positive thing in real estate. And this is where the whole Russia probe comes in. There's a lot of money coming in from Russia in his Trump Tower. They own a lot of uh, the, the, the apartments in there. Uh, many of the buildings were financed by Russian entities, And they stuck his name on it. Basically, he was selling his name, his brand, and not building jack shit. But the buildings he did have, he was undervaluing and overvaluing and ripping off the government, banks, 
and insurance companies all along the way. Now this has come to light. The question to me would be, if he's been doing this for decades, why now? Why did it take so long for anybody to do anything? And that's a good question. And I'll tell you probably what it was. I don't know this for a fact, but this is the only explanation I can possibly come up with. Rich people get away with shit. They either bribe people or they have favors because they know people in the right places. And when Donald Trump did what he did for decades and presumably other other business people and, and other corporations have done the same, they just turn a blind eye to it. Oh, these folks are wealthy. These folks are influential. We'll just let them get away with it. It slips by. So the question over and above Donald Trump committing these crimes, we need to look at our system of law enforcement and government and find out why this was going on for so long. Presumably, there are other companies still doing this. Donald Trump will get shut down. The reason Donald Trump is in this position and nobody else is at this point is because he's loud. He doesn't stop talking. He gets himself in trouble every time you fucking turn around. So this is probably why he's got the main focus. And I'll tell you something else. Now that uh, Letitia James has filed this lawsuit, and it's pretty serious, and referred it to the Southern District of New York and the IRS. This is going to open the doors for all these other people. Nobody wanted to be the first one to indict Donald Trump. Now, he hasn't been indicted yet, but this kind of opened the door. This opened the door for other people to be a little more brave and step up and do something to Donald Trump. So, it's conceivable we will see more activity like this, either lawsuits or likely indictments. As I've said before, there is no way we can be at this current place with Donald Trump and not see indictments. Everybody has always said, well, if we indict a former president, it's going to cause problems. Let me tell you something. If you don't indict this former president of the United States, that's going to cause even more fucking problems. It's going to be a big problem. And people in this country are not going to stand for it. See, this is a much different situation than before. And one of the reasons that he got away with it this long, the general public had no idea what was going on. Public opinion didn't step up and say, fuck, you got to do something. But all these investigations, the likes of Letitia James and Fonnie Willis in Georgia, are bringing this evidence to light, bringing it to the public. And now that the public knows the DOJ, the attorney generals, law enforcement, the IRS, they have no choice. They have to act on this because if they don't, it sets a bad precedence. If Donald Trump can get away with it, then presumably anybody can get away with it. And they can't have that. In spite of the fact that he is a former president, they have to do something. And that something has just started with the likes of Letitia James. And this is the least of Donald Trump's problems. And we'll be talking more about those in the next segment. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back. 
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Well, that first bit of news is enough to make anybody's day the worst ever. Things don't look good for Donald Trump in terms of his corporation and his family. He'll probably be out of business, out $250 million, and a lot of information exposed that could be turned to criminal indictments. That's a pretty bad day. For anybody, that would probably be the worst day you've ever experienced, but it doesn't stop there. A federal appeals panel has lifted a judge's order on the Justice Department's ability to use classified records seized from former President Donald Trump's Florida estate in its ongoing criminal investigation. We know what happened here. Judge Aileen Cannon, a Donald Trump sycophant, Uh, an appointment by Donald Trump, had told the DOJ, you can't look at anything because there's class, uh, because we don't know if this stuff is actually classified, which is absolutely absurd. So they got a special master in there and the special master himself said, look, man, show me your proof that these are declassified. And they wouldn't do it, mainly because they couldn't. That evidence doesn't exist. What they claimed was they couldn't show it because they might have to use it in a criminal trial, which is absolutely ridiculous. I can't believe they're getting lawyers to say this shit. It's, they know it's a lie. They know it's ridiculous. But for whatever reason, they feel compelled to lie for Donald Trump. It never works out well for these people. They will go down in flames, but they insist on doing it. Now, the ruling from a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit is a victory for the Justice Department, clearing the way for it to immediately resume its use of the documents as it evaluates whether to bring criminal charges in its investigation into the presence of top-secret government records held at Mar-a-Lago after Trump left the White House. Now, the Trump team knew that they had to uh, um, appeal it to the 11th Circuit, which is interesting. And I think they felt like that they were going to be in good shape with that because there are at least six of the 13 judges in the 11th Circuit that were appointed by Donald Trump. They thought that they would get... Uh, something akin to what they're getting with Aileen Cannon, siding with Donald Trump, even though it was probably a crazy thing to do. I mean, many of these legal minds out there have said that this judge, Aileen Cannon, has absolutely bungled this case. And when it was appealed, she basically got slapped down for making a ridiculous judgment. Now, that said, I think conceivably Donald Trump could appeal it again, which he probably will do. I think ultimately they could appeal it to the Supreme Court. Now, a lot of people will think that, well, it'll go to the Supreme Court and they'll let Donald Trump do whatever they can. 
can't really do that because this is so stupid and so obvious. Even the Supreme Court can't can't game this system. But since we're talking about the Supreme Court, here's another bit of good news for us. Bad news for Donnie Trump. Virginia Jenny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, has agreed to be interviewed by the House Select Committee investigating the events of the January 6th insurrection sometime in the coming weeks. Now, you'll remember how this all started. They said they wanted to talk to Jenny Thomas, and Jenny said, sure, I'd love to talk to you and clear all this bullshit up. Well, then she had a chance to talk to her lawyers, and the lawyers said, yeah, you don't want to do that. So then they continued to say, well, there's no reason for her to talk. She doesn't know anything. Well, we know that's not true because Mark Meadows' tranche of uh, documents shows that she was texting with Mark Meadows and other people and popping into the White House to carry on meetings. God knows why. Who the fuck is she? But now she's saying, yeah, I'll testify. And the reason? Well, the pressure's getting a little heavy. She doesn't have a whole hell of a lot of choice. She's got to testify. Now she might come in and plead the fifth, which would be unprecedented. Imagine that, a Supreme Court justice's wife pleading the fifth in a situation with the January 6th committee. Now, the January 6th committee is probably the least of her problems. Because the next subpoena she will get is from the DOJ's grand jury regarding January 6th. That's coming too. And I suppose she's looking at going to the uh, select committee and take some of the sting out of all this evidence and maybe kind of round off the edges by the time she ends up having to go to the DOJ. That's a long shot. It's not going to help her. But what else has she got to do? Now, the news was first reported by uh, CNN and then later by MSNBC, who said Thomas responded to a letter asking her to appear before the committee and was not subpoenaed. Thomas's involvement in former President Donald Trump's stolen election lies and the U.S. Capitol riot has been subject of interest for a while, especially since there's evidence she urged at least two Wisconsin state lawmakers, including the chair of the Senate Elections Committee, to overturn President Joe Biden's 2020 election. See, that's the thing. It's not just about the insurrection. We know she was tied to that, but we're also finding out that she was tied to the fake electors. And when that first came out, everybody thought, oh, that's no big deal. It's a fucking big deal. And the people involved in that are going to do some jail time. And I'm sure they're surprised as motherfuckers that they are going to be tried and probably uh, convicted of crimes because these are serious crimes. She also reportedly sent messages to more than two dozen lawmakers in Arizona arguing without evidence that there had been widespread election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. See, that's how they do things. They just throw these claims out there and hope hopefully it catches traction. That's what Donald Trump is doing. Uh, Donald Trump just says shit and a certain faction of people will believe it. The vast majority don't. But this is all he knows how to do. This is essentially bullying, throw threats or throw uh, fake information out. 
and say it loud and proud and hope people will will uh, take it on as truth. In addition, there are texts in which Thomas urged then-White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows to continue the battle to overturn the election, as well as texts and emails to Trump ally attorney and coup memo author John Eastman discussing how to upend the vote. See, they're trying to figure out how to game the situation. They know they lost, but they're trying to find loopholes and little things they can do to create chaos and... and, and um, cause ways to question people's mind. They're trying to fucking play with uh, public opinion here. Jenny Thomas wrote, Help this great president stand firm, Mark. The majority knows Biden and the left is attempting the greatest heist of our history. See what she said there? The majority. That's a lie. The majority doesn't believe Donald Trump. Had that been the case, he wouldn't have lost by 7 million votes. Thomas had turned down other requests to appear before the House panel. In June, her attorney, Mark Paoletta, said that there was no reason for her to testify before the House Select Committee and said she had serious concerns about any potential interview. No date has been announced as yet for Thomas' interview with the committee, which will hold its next hearing on September 28th. The news uh, understandably aroused interest on Twitter. A lot of people are suggesting that uh, she'll take the fifth, and I think that's a reasonable guess. I think she probably will. I mean, what choice does she have? She's clearly guilty of any number of things. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, as a wife of a Supreme Court justice, how do you explain that? And then you have a Supreme Court justice that refuses to recuse himself with anything having to do with January 6th insurrection and anything tied to Ginny Thomas. goes back to what I've said before. After all this is going on and people are upset about it, people are saying, you know, maybe in the Supreme Court we should have a code of ethics. Really, motherfucker? We don't have a code of ethics in the Supreme Court? It's just the honor system with those motherfuckers? Well, clearly, the honor system isn't working because we have people that are inept, incompetent, corrupt, and criminal on our Supreme Court. Now, as I've said, and we know Donald Trump likes to spout, oh, that's fake news, that's a hoax, that's a witch hunt. He always says that. But the only fake news that we have out there is anything that Donald Trump fucking says. And of course, with all this going on with Letitia James in New York and, and uh, the, the White House documents and that being overturned, his buddy Aileen Cannon, her decision has been overturned. Former President Trump, in a new interview, asserted presidents don't have to go through a formal process to declassify sensitive documents and can do so even by thinking about it. I mean, that's hilarious. That's absolute bullshit. That's not true. There is a process for declassifying documents, and he didn't do it. I mean, part of the proof is when they show a picture of these documents laying on the floor, the FBI evidence photo. None of them are stamped declassified. They are stamped top secret, secret, classified, what have you. 
that alone is proof that they weren't declassified. And that's basically what the, um, the uh, special master said, Raymond Deary. He said, that's prima facie evidence. Where's your evidence that they were declassified? And the lawyers, of course, of course, re- refused to give the, that evidence. As I say, they claim it's, they're saving it for possible criminal trial, which is absolute bullshit. And the special master said that as much. He said, look, you brought the lawsuit. If you don't have evidence, we're fucking done here. The former president's comment came as he was repeatedly argued that he declassified secret and top-secret documents he took with him to his Florida home after leaving the White House in 2021 amid a Justice Department investigation into his handling of classified materials. Now, remember, there has been times where he said, oh, they weren't classified. He didn't necessarily say they were declassified. They were just paper clippings and that sort of stuff. They tried to pull that off right away. Well, that didn't work. So now he has to acknowledge that these are top secret documents, but somehow, some way, he declassified them without anybody knowing. Two things to know about that. He can't declassify anything without notifying the person who wrote the document. He can't declassify anything unless he memorializes it, and there is some documentation to prove that. Lastly, even if somehow he did declassify all those documents, which he didn't, but if he did, he still broke the law. He's still in trouble. So he's trying to argue a point that isn't going to save him. That's how desperate he is. Now, Trump said there doesn't have to be a process as I understand it. Oh, that's what you're going to do. Well, I didn't know any better. He told that to uh, Fox News host Sean Hannity, who we find out is basically an advisor to Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, a media guy is Donald Trump's close advisor. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify by, just by saying it's declassified, even by thinking about it. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. You have the president, you make the decision, so when you send it, it's declassified, Trump added. I declassified. Well, the law is very particular, and there are very specific things that need to be done. He did not do them, so he's fucked. And what he's saying is fucking laughable. Though presidents have broad power to declassify records, doing so sets off a chain of events as the intelligence agencies that manage such records must take additional steps. Trump and some of his allies have been insistent that the former president declassified all the documents that he took with him upon leaving the White House. Now, the FBI searched his Mar-a-Lago estate last month after January and found dozens of classified secret, top-secret documents. And what's weird about it, he said there were none left. But when they got there, damned if there weren't. So if you declassified all this shit, why did you lie about it? Why didn't you just tell the FBI, oh, don't worry about it, I declassified it. Instead, you lie about it, attempt to hide it. There's video of you moving the fucking documents. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. I can't even understand why anybody is listening to these fucking excuses. There's, 
it doesn't make any sense. It's fucking childish. Trump's attorneys in a filing last week reportedly noted that he had the power to declassify records, but stopped short of saying that he actually did so despite a month of the former president airing the excuse. The Justice Department responded by pointing out that Trump's legal team was insinuating, but not a fully asserting that Trump had declassified the documents. Now, why would they do that? If he declassified the documents, why not just fucking say it? Well, they can't say it because it's a lie. And we've already got Donald Trump lawyers that are in some fucking deep trouble. They know better than that. They're trying to game the system, cause chaos, you know, cause some uncertainty. But it's not working. Trump told Hannity that the General Services Administration and other White House staff were involved in packing up the boxes at the end of his term with pictures, newspaper articles, and other materials. The GSA, however, says its role in the transition phase to, of, for the outgoing president and vice president includes IT support, financial management, parking, furniture, vehicles, office equipment, and administrative support. The GSA also works with the National Archives and Records Administration as necessary to provide support to the former president in the establishment and maintenance of their libraries. The organization states on its website, these services are only in the event of a change of administration. So Donald Trump can spew his lies and try to make the trump believe it, but uh, it's not working. There is absolutely no proof. None. No fucking proof. Now, there's also some interesting news that doesn't have to do with Donald Trump, but certainly has some bearing on the world at large. Vladimir Putin's decision to mobilize 300,000 military reservists marks a major gamble in the Russian president's war in Ukraine, which could be reaching a make-or-break stage as he faces rare and intense criticism at home and abroad. Putin's announcement comes as the Ukrainian armed forces have succeeded in ousting the Russian military from key areas in the east of the country, while the U.S. and allies have maintained unity in their military and economic support for Kiev. Now, what Putin's doing here is doing what bullies do. He's starting to lose, so he just doubles down, and he doubles down. But when you talk about bringing up 300,000 reservists to go into Ukraine, uh, a country that's already troubled by the whole war in Ukraine, they don't understand it, they don't know why, this is going to cause some problems, especially since there are many Russian young men and women that are coming back in body bags. They don't understand. Vladimir Putin is losing this war. He's getting a lot of Russian uh, military killed. He's losing a lot of money. He's losing a lot of military hardware. People are starting to get angry about this. And this may be, like they say, a make-or-break time. I've always said the only way this thing ends is if Russia themselves take Vladimir Putin out of the equation. That's what they have to do. Vlad's just like Donald Trump. He's a bully, he's a narcissist, and he's a little bit crazy. At this point, if he gives up and pulls out, 
he looks bad, he's probably going to get booted. If he does what he's doing now with these 300,000 reservists, he's probably going to get booted out of there, at the very least. You know, when you're dealing with countries like this and you're dealing with somebody as dangerous as Vladimir Putin, Vlad could just end up fucking disappearing sometime or being hung from a light post like Mussolini did. Uh, That's real possibilities in a country like Russia. The military failures have have, uh, sparked rare pushback from Russian lawmakers, allies in Chechnya, and uh, talking heads on state television, where the Kremlin's narrative is on the war is typically strictly enforced. Putin's televised address early Wednesday morning, therefore, appeared as an effort to silence those U.S. and NATO for forcing his decision to invade while also issuing blunt threats to use nuclear weapons. When the territorial integrity of our country is threatened, we, of course, will use all the measures of our, at our disposal to protect Russia and our people, Putin said in translated remarks. Now, he's the motherfucker that attacked Ukraine. Ukraine didn't attack them. But that's the story he tells the Russian uh, civilians. They attacked us. We're just fighting back. Well, the rest of the world knows better. And this lie can only go so long, and uh, only so many people will believe it, ultimately. Like I say, Vladimir Putin right now is doubling down, hoping he can throw a Hail Mary pass and win. But he's not going to. It's not going well for him. And when a lot of people are going to be sent to war in Ukraine and not like it, that's where nut-cutting time comes for Vladimir Putin, when he's upset the country. Now, keep in mind, they're all within these sanctions. They're struggling financially. They're having trouble getting food and living their lives and getting money. All that coupled with now we're going to send your loved ones into a war where a lot of people are coming back dead. That may be the end. That may be the end game for Russia. Now, he went on to say, this is not a bluff, and those who try to blackmail us with nuclear weapons should know that the weather vane can turn and point towards them. There he goes, threatening nuclear war. That's not going to happen. They're not going to allow him to use nuclear weapons. If he decided to do that, he would be taken out so fucking quickly because nobody can survive a nuclear war. He can bully and and make these threats, but nobody in their right mind would do it because if they used a nuclear weapon, uh, as much as they would damage this country, the U.S. would fucking wipe out uh, Russia, just completely wipe them out. And everybody there, apparently other than Vladimir Putin, knows this. Now, President Biden on Wednesday reacted to Putin's remarks during a speech at the United Nations General Assembly, saying that the Russian leader's war is about extinguishing Ukraine's rights to exist as a state, and plain and simple, and Ukraine's right to exist as a people. They don't even recognize them as Ukrainian. They recognize them as as Russians, and and he's trying to get them back. He's trying to pull back together the, the USSR. Whoever you are, wherever you live, whatever you believe, that should not, that should make your blood run cold, Biden said. 
The White House is taking Putin's threats to use nuclear weapons seriously, if also skeptically. It's irresponsible rhetoric for a nuclear power to talk that way, but it's not atypical for how he's been talking the last seven months. I would say that Vladimir Putin is on his last legs. The people of Russia, the government of Russia, are not going to be interested in risking the lives of everybody in their country for Vladimir Putin. He's kind of in the same situation as Donald Trump. You've been a bully for all these years. You've gotten away with it for many years. But now the end is near. And the end is near for Vladimir Putin, without question. Lastly, we're going to talk about the House Committee, the House Select Committee investigating the insurrection. Uh, The committee members have declined to elaborate on a topic for a hearing slated for 1 p.m. on September 28th. We've known about this hearing for a while. The hearing comes as members of the panel have said they've continued to gain new details about the riot at the Capitol throughout the uh, August recess. Yeah, we know they've interviewed a ton of people. They've gotten tons more evidence. Now, at one point they were talking about that these uh, hearings would involve um, how this whole thing was funded and how this whole thing uh, was coordinated because we're finding out now that there are people in sitting members of Congress, Jenny Thomas and other people that were involved with funding it, planning it, and executing it. And that's what's going to come out in these hearings more than likely. And that is going to be a bombshell. It is, because uh, whether it be in the first hearing or some other hearing in October, I don't know, but the names of those sitting members of Congress, Jenny Thomas, and uh, people in the administration and in the Oval Office will be exposed for how they were involved, and it will be a bombshell. The, um, unlike other hearings that have been primarily led by one or two lawmakers of the nine-member panel, Thompson said that in the next Wednesday's hearing, each member will have an appropriate role in the process. So this is going to be a big hearing. All nine of them are going to be talking and delivering evidence and information. Thompson also said the September hearing, though perhaps not its final one, would likely be the last before the November midterms. I'd say at this point it is, but it's not in stone. If more information is forthcoming to the hearing, it is always a possibility, he told reporters. In recent months, The committee has interviewed a number of former Trump administration cabinet officials, including former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Now, they're saying that because they don't want to appear to be political with this. I'd be surprised if there wasn't at least one more hearing in October. I mean, we always have the October surprise, and I'm guessing the hearing will bring out some serious surprises. Members of the panel have also said the committee is making progress in the review of communications of the Secret Service. Remember all those communications that were lost? Well, apparently they've been able to find some of those communications, and that's going to tell us a lot about what happened on January 6th. So Donald Trump had a very bad day yesterday. And I have to tell you this, it's not going to get any better today or the next day. Donald Trump is going to have 
a long period of bad days until such time that Donald Trump is taken down, taken out of the equation, shutting his mouth, because I think that is the ultimate goal here. Donald Trump riles people up. He riles situations up. He lies. He spews um, inaccurate rhetoric, and it causes problems in this country. Now, whether they have another hearing after the 28th prior to the midterms, I don't think it's going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference in how the voting goes. I think there's enough problems for the Republicans with overturning Roe v. Wade, the documents that Donald Trump is dealing with. That may happen before the midterms, an indictment, especially now that they can get back to working on it. So there's going to be a lot of issues that the Republicans are going to have to deal with going into the midterms. And none of it is good. None of it is positive. So I'll reiterate what I've said before. I believe they'll hold the House. I believe they will hold the Senate and even expand the Senate. And then the next two years will be very interesting. The next two years will not be good for Donald Trump. Donald Trump will not run for the presidency in 2024. I can almost guarantee you that. He may not even be allowed to run. And then people say, what about Ron DeSantis? I don't think he'll run either. I don't think he'll be in a position to run. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Ronnie has his own problems with this little stunt he's pulling. And, of course, we'll talk more about that in future podcasts as more information comes out. All right, we are going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. Uh, We will be back in my home court in Minnesota for tomorrow's podcast. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.